There's another presidential election coming up. Uh-oh. <laughs> See, I was expecting two people to be here, so I was like, I could just vibe with the two people. That wouldn't have been that bad. <laughs> but now I got, a, I got a whole crew now. There's, an, there's another one coming up, y'all. And by me even saying that, some of you probably just kind of tense, though. Might have, may or may not have a little PTSD from the last one. Because, for a lot of us, the things that happened at the last presidential election will stick with us. Whether it's people, events, phrases. And I'm a teacher at Brentwood Academy. I teach public speaking and I coach it as well. And I just remember during that election, my students would say this phrase over and over and over again, over and over and over. I would hear them. They would be talking in the hallways or trying to discuss in between classes or maybe at lunch. And I would hear these students say, don't be sheep, don't be sheep, don't be sheep. I would hear that phrase over and over. If you vote for him, you're a sheep. If you Agree with her, you're a sheep. We're, not, we're supposed to be sheep dogs. We're not sheep. I would hear it over again. Sheep, 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 sheep. I mean, I, I was going crazy. We have advisory groups at Brentwood Academy, and so it's a group of seven to 11 students per faculty member, and we're supposed to help disciple them, walk them through maybe even academics. We're just trying to support the whole person. And in my advisory group, I remember looking at my group. I said, guys, are we Christians? I said it just like that. Are we Christians? I normally don't raise my voice at school. They look back at me. Uh, yeah, yeah. I said, perfect. So you believe the Bible? Yeah, Coach Groves, yeah, I'm a Christian. We believe the Bible. I said, perfect. The Bible calls us sheep. <laughs> Why can we all chuckle? Because we know how central this is to our understanding of ourselves but most importantly, our understanding of the good shepherd. See, the biblical question isn't, are you sheep? The biblical question is, who are you following? Who are you following? Are you following sheep that could lead you astray? Are you following wolves disguised in sheep's clothing? Maybe you're following sheep that lead you towards the Lord, or maybe you're connected to the good shepherd. Who are you following? If you look at your bulletin, I think the title is actually, People Need Jesus More Than Sheep Need Shepherds. Oh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> People need Jesus more than sheep need shepherds. That's my claim today. And before I can give some evidence behind the claim and we can move on through Galatians, there's a couple things I want to clarify. The first thing I want to clarify, I'm not saying sheep don't really need shepherds. That's not what I'm saying. I don't want to downplay the actual natural need that the animal, a sheep, was created for. They're created 
to need a shepherd, to need to be in a flock. They're created that way. I'm not downplaying it today. What I'm saying is an animal cannot bear the image of their shepherd. It's a big difference for you and me today. We bear the image of the good shepherd. It's powerful. It's not just God tending to our physical needs. Yes, he does that. He's faithful. He tends to our souls. The intimacy, the power, the love, the sacrifice. Uh, I'm just trying to highlight that humans, we need God more. Second thing I'm not saying. I'm not saying the Bible just talks about us as sheep. That's not the only description we have. I'm not saying that. Every person in this room this morning is called an image bearer of God. Powerful. Doesn't matter if you have a little faith, a lot of faith, no faith, image bearer. Made in his image. Boom. And for us in Christ, we know it can go so much further, so much sweeter. He calls us children of God, man. Oh, he calls us more than conquerors through him who loved us, the bride of Christ. So I'm not sitting here and saying it's only sheep. So if you're, you're sitting in the audience like, oh, Austin, I really don't want to think of myself as sheep. I don't like that language. It feels weak. It feels, I'm, a, I'm just going to press on you lovingly and say, this is how the scriptures describe us. This is a part of our description. And every description Scripture provides for us is both true and it's good. The third thing I'm not saying, Galatians 3, 1 through 9, is it directly speaking about sheep and shepherds? I want to make that very clear today. I'm asking us to put on that biblical lens of sheep and shepherd as we read so that we can grow in knowing the necessity of understanding that part of our relationship. We can grow in humility for the Galatians this morning. It's so easy to read the Galatians, especially chapter 3. You foolish Galatians. You know, it's easy for us to just turn. Yeah, they fools, man. They dumb, man. So easy to project that in the Bible. We need to grow in humility, empathy. And we need to be on alert. Because <laughs> the same thing happening here can happen to who? To who? To who? Do you believe it? Let's see. So... Again, why this lens? Psalm 23. The Lord is my? The Lord is my? The Lord is my? We know it well. We know it well. Isaiah 40. Jesus is prophesied as the intentional shepherd. John 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. 1 Peter 5, 2 through 4. God calls elders to shepherd the flock. <laughs> why? What's the rationale? Because they have the shepherd who's over them in heaven. Do you see it? Do you feel it? Can you sense it? It's in the backdrop. We could probably do this for every verse, but it's fundamental to have this understanding. So let's read, now that we got our glasses, <laughs> let's read the scriptures. This is Galatians 3, 1 through 9. You foolish Galatians, who has cast the spell on you? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning by the Spirit, 
Are you now finishing by the flesh? Did you experience so much for nothing if, in fact, it was for nothing? So then does God give you the spirit and work miracles among you by your doing the works of the law? Or is it by believing what you heard, just like Abraham who believed God and it was credited to him for righteousness? You know then that those who have faith, these are Abraham's sons. Now the scripture saw in advance that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and proclaim the gospel ahead of time to Abraham, saying, all the nations will be blessed through you. Consequently, those who have faith are blessed with Abraham who had faith. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Amen. Okay, so for those who like taking notes, I gave you the title. Today, I'm going to give you, because I did some research on sheep, and I thought it was fascinating through the lens. It will keep it going. I'll give you like a fun fact, <laughs> if you will, something that I learned, something you might already know. Uh, and then I'll talk about it through the scripture and how we can see it clearly uh, verse by verse. So the first thing that I want you to know about sheep, sheep aren't dumb. They're dependent. Sheep aren't dumb. They're dependent. I think this is hilarious because almost every youth ministry I've been in, the youth pastor's like, sheep are idiots. <laughs> Can't remember anything. Forgetful. They'll fall off the, the cliff. They're dumb. They're idiots. And I was doing the research and I was like, no, that's, that's actually not true. They're just uniquely built by God to be dependent. Oh, gives me chills. We can, we can relate to that, right? So when you see you foolish Galatians, you foolish Galatians, I want to pause right there. I was reading the Tony Evans commentary. It was so helpful. He was like, hey, when you see foolishness in the Bible, it's not based on intelligence. We're not talking about IQ. We're not talking about SAT, ACT. If you went to Harvard, right? If you went to Yale, that's not what we're talking about here. When God says intelligence, It has nothing to do with being a fool. So I would add, I hope Tony would agree with me, I would add it's not about intelligence. It's about intimacy. The fool, the, the one who's being foolish, wants to be far from God. You don't want to draw near to the Lord. You want distance. You want to do your own thing. That's, that's foolish. The wise woman, the wise man draws near to the Lord. Isn't that beautiful? It's drawing near. So when you see you foolish Galatians, they're not saying, man, you guys need to pick up your test scores. You can literally see Galatians, why are you so far? <laughs> why? Why so far, Galatians? Why are you backing up? Lean in. The next verse, he even talks about it. He's like, man, you're the one that was literally publicly portrayed as crucified. You were that close to witnesses who saw Jesus. Why are you backing up? He's calling for people to come close, to come near. So, so people, the Galatians, they're... 
they're not dumb. They're being distant. (laughs) They're not dumb. They're being distant. They need to get closer to the Lord in proximity. Here's the second thing. Sheep know their shepherd's voice. Oh, man. Sheep know their shepherd's voice. Go to verse 2. I believe we're cooking through five. Who has cast a spell on you? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? I only want to learn this from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law? Right? Or by believing what you heard? This is the first time he gives them the opportunity to discern the good shepherd's voice. (laughs) He provides the voice of a wolf. A wolf can tell you, work, 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 work. Work for your salvation. God will love you if you earn it. Work. Roll up your sleeves. Work harder. Do better. Then he'll love you. Voice of a wolf. But he also said, or, (laughs) he says, or, was it by believing what you heard? Faith. He holds the voice of the wolf and the voice of the good shepherd and lets them decide. Does he write the answer out for us in the scripture? No. He's letting them read it and go, oh, my goodness. We've been been following the wrong voice. We've been listening to the wrong voice. I forgot the actual term for it, but in the U.S., I know when uh, people study how to discover counterfeit money. They don't spend their training on all the ways money can look fraudulent. Think about that. That would be a waste of time. Be there forever. They teach the people to study what the real dollar looks like. (laughs) They know it so well, front and back, side, probably angles we didn't even think the dollar had. (laughs) They know it so well that when they see anything slightly off, not real. Get it out. Paul is trying to instill this into the church. You got to know the good shepherd's voice. So when you hear a slight alteration, mm -mm, I'm not buying that. I, I see how it was close. I see I can recognize how it was close, but I'm not buying that. He wants our spiritual antennas to be up. First John talks about it. Spirits, test the spirits, man. Get in the word. Get in the word. I think one thing that was really cool a couple years ago, I watched this video on YouTube. And it's just funny because none of us like have family members that are shepherds. Like, it's like, what does your dad do? He's a shepherd. Like, you're not going to hear that, right? So I was looking up this video on YouTube and there was this shepherd overseas somewhere and he had all these tourists around him. And, I mean, just imagine this huge flock, y'all. I can't even tell you how many. I wish I researched it. Just so many, so many sheep. And he taught the tourists, like, his call, his shepherd call. And let's just say it was like a Ric Flair, woo, okay, because <laughs> I don't even know the real sound. But we're just going to go with the woo. So he was like, woo, right? <laughs> and he taught the people. And the people would get a <laughs> you know, they would, they would try their version of it. Some of them got close. Some of them got close. It was like, woo, you know, they got close. But then the shepherd was like, all right, back up. <laughs> and he was like, "Woo, Bruh, hundreds of sheep running down. Chills down my spine. I was like, oh, my goodness. 
Because we know Jesus said, my sheep will what? My sheep will what? Come on. So when you look at two through five, you can see Paul lifting up the voice of a wolf, lifting up the good shepherd. Who are you following? Make sure you know the voice. Uh, Third point. This might seem so obvious. Sheep follow sheep. (laughs) I actually thought it was an interesting read, though, because there's things I never thought about. Sheep follow sheep. Galatians will follow Galatians. They'll follow each other. So much so, in chapter 2, Paul stands up in front of everyone. He did this in public, guys. He looks at Peter and stops Peter in public and says, no. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? That's a brother in Christ. That's not nice. Why would he do that? He saw sheep following. Oh, goodness. Oh, yeah, I guess, I guess this is for the Jews. This is for the Jewish faith. Even someone that God built the church on. Someone who was a direct disciple of Jesus. An apostle died for the Lord with him in heaven right now. He was still leading astray. And Paul said, stop. <laughs> Peter stood what? Says Cephas stood condemned. He knew he was leading. Bible says even Barnabas was falling. Not Barnabas. Come on, man. You can't take Barnabas from us. Even Barnabas was led astray. Because sheep, when they see other sheep leading, they'll follow, man. That's in all of us. Have some empathy for these Galatians, y'all. You'll start following. Paul says stuff like this, follow me as I follow Christ. He said that. It feels icky at first. You're like, why do I follow a man? But he he wasn't saying that in a private way. He was saying, if I'm in front and I'm following Christ, I will lead you to the good shepherd. I'll lead you there. I know the show's not about me, right? Look at verses uh, 6. Do not, just like Abraham who believed God, it was credited to him for righteousness. Man, this whole chunk's about Abraham. He's a great sheep to follow. (laughs) How do I know that? The Bible says it. (laughs) Check. (laughs) Why does the Bible talk about Abraham? I think there's a lot of reasons why the Bible talks about Abraham as being a good sheep to follow. One, he's not 100% God, 100% man. It is very healthy for us to see sheep and be in community with sheep and even follow them when they're leading to the good shepherd. That is good. Jesus can sympathize with being tempted, not sinning. We got to remember that. He has never failed. Christ is perfect. Abraham, he failed. <laughs> I kind of feel bad for him. Like every January, every Christian's like, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through. I'm going to start from the beginning. So every January, you know, he's just catching strays in heaven because we're just all reading this crap over and over again every year. He's just like, are you serious, man? There's other books, y'all. I know you're not even going to make it to Leviticus, so you're just going to watch this and repeat me next year. Poor Abraham. <sighs> but we know he's sinful. We see it in the Bible. So it's good to see someone who is broken, someone who can throw family under the bus, someone who can do things that seem shady, and God forgive them, and they can still have faith. And God can say, look at that person. He has faith. She has faith. Hebrews 11. That's a good thing for us. Uh, that, yeah, Hebrews 11. Great. Verse 6 in Hebrews 11. 
I'm just going to read this to you because it's pretty simple. Now, without faith, it is impossible to please God since the one who draws near to him, remember the, the wise person draws near to him, must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. God exists and he rewards those who seek him. Is that not Abraham's story? Y'all, he didn't have the tablet yet. <laughs> he didn't get the law yet like Moses did, right? He was still hearing instruction from the Lord, obviously. God gave Adam and Eve instruction in the garden. So we know God was still talking and communicating with us. But he didn't have the full tablet yet. He didn't have the law. He couldn't say, oh, yeah, I checked Mark the Ten Commandments, so that's why God started a nation with me. He can't do it. <laughs> Wasn't there yet. Ha <laughs> ha. Faith. It's faith, baby. He's believing in Christ. He's believing in the Father. That's another reason. Uh, I want to point to, look at this, at the end of eight. All the nations, in my Bible is actually highlighted, all the nations will be blessed through you. Saying that to Abraham. Whew. It's so humbling to think about that. So we're not children of Adam. You see scriptures where it says children of Abraham. That God would choose a person to start this whole thing with, man. Whew. Remember, we, we got to have somebody who's not 100% God, 100% man, also following the Lord. Beautiful. Think about all the sheep that he's impacted. <laughs> Think about it, y'all. Just like wrap your mind around it. Past, present, future. Millions. <laughs> Millions of people. I wish I had a, a number, man. The people that would have faith in Christ. Because when he was told there will be a great nation, he said, God, I believe you exist. I heard your voice. I'm not going to say it's just some weird experience, out-of-body experience. And he believed that the Lord will reward him. And God did. He counted it as righteousness. So good. Oh. So those are just a couple of reasons why I think Abraham is a good sheep to follow. I want to jump straight into, okay, what does this all mean for us? Well, one, I told you, we need to grow in empathy. We should not read Galatians in a haughty arrogant way. And I'm not going to lie, I've done that in the past. I'm like, man, these kids are fools, man. <laughs> they fools. Right, I've done, I literally did that. I remember being in college, being like, that ain't me. <laughs> are you serious? Are you serious? So I'm going to say to you uh, for application, our three application points, Christian, you're not dumb, you're dependent. <laughs> you're not dumb either, you're dependent. I'm going to challenge you to live that out this week. Show how dependent you really are to Christ and to Christ's people because that's the model that God gives us. That's the model that God gives us. Blessed is the one who meditates on the law day and, day and, day and, come on. They're like, I'm never going to sign up for you in class. <laughs> I make my students repeat all the time. Day and night. I get it. We all got quiet time in the morning or some of it shifted at night. Let's, let's do double duty. 
<laughs> Let's do two a days. <laughs> Let's roll our sleeves up. We're going to show we're dependent this week. And I want you to come back next Sunday and let's talk about how it's different. Let's talk about how we saw God move. Let's talk about it. Because I promise you, you will feel a difference when you live out how you are supposed to be. You're dependent on Christ. Also be dependent on his people. We're starting up discipleship groups next week. So excited. I'm so excited about that. One thing that's really cool at King's Cross, you don't have to be a member to be in the discipleship group. So the leaders of the group, we, we meet, we've been trained, we work with Taylor. He gives us resources weekly, like it's consistent communication, checking in. It's beautiful. Please feel free. If you know any, any individual, especially if you have a number, text. If you don't have a number, ask, hey, can I get a number? I want to get involved. Be connected. If you're like, oh, I, don't, I, don't, I, I can't really go here. I'm just visiting this weekend. I have another solid church. You got another solid church? Get connected in a discipleship group, in a community group, something that's tight-knit so you can show your dependence. It's not weak to be dependent. It's how God made you. Don't try to be independent. Don't try to flex. I'm independent. Be dependent. There's nothing wrong with that. Number two, Christian, you can discern the voice of God. You can. Y'all said it earlier. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. Right? But what Paul was doing, he, I love his strategy. He was lifting up something fraudulent and holding up something good. And he was like, I want you to decide. <laughs> I want you to answer this. It is totally healthy, y'all, for us to take the hallmark quote the quotes that have been told to us or we tell ourselves that are in good, uh, I would say, intentions. We have, uh, you know, we're trying to be positive, but it doesn't line up with the word. We need to take those and we need to annihilate them. You got you to wage war on them. They're not just words. Guys, I'm a speech teacher. I, I love rhetoric. I get semantics, make me giggle, right? I'm weird. But I'm telling you right now, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's not just words. I, oh, these, I forgot where I learned this, but I used to hear it all the time. God will never give you more than you can bear. That's not true. Not because Austin wants that not to be true. Read the word. We cannot bear the weight, the sin of the world. We can't even bear our own. We need Christ. Think about how that diminishes the need. You tell somebody who doesn't know Jesus, oh, he'll never give you more than you can't handle. Oh, great. Why do I need him? You got to be careful. It's good intentions. You're trying to encourage somebody. You want somebody to feel warm and fluffy. I get it. Kill it. Annihilate it. Make sure you're able to look and say, it sounds pretty, but this is the actual word. And cling to that this week. Find those statements. We all have them. I say them. And I'm like, ooh. Right? <laughs> I started sounding like CP3PO or something. I, I'm trying to figure it out too. Find those statements. Wage war on them. You might even hear, oh yeah, there's more good in the world than evil. No, there's not. No, there's not. 
Think about God. If there was truly more good than evil, why would he, read Revelation, read Revelation, scary stuff. Why would he erase everything? Why would we need saving? Our hearts, are we capable of good? Yes. Can we do good? Yes. That's common grace by Jesus. But Jesus, the good shepherd says, the road to destruction is what? Wide. Road to righteousness is what? Narrow. Y'all know the, ooh, y'all know the word. Praise Jesus. <laughs> that helps. What it, what it, what's more powerful? Telling somebody, you know, it's, it's really not that bad out there in the world. It's really not that bad. Or saying, it's ugly. It's a battle. It's rough. But you know what Jesus said? Take heart because he overcame the world. What's more powerful? What shows the gospel more? You tell me. Telling them it's not as bad out there. Or telling them how bad it is and then show them how much bigger God is. What's better? Discern the voice of God. Last one. Follow sheep that lead to the good shepherd. Hmm. Like I said, we got another election season. (laughs) This is really important, y'all. Who are you following? Who are you following? I'm not talking about votes. We're not even going to talk about that right now. Who are you listening to on those podcasts? Are they stirring hate up for your neighbor or love? Are they stirring up wrath or forgiveness? Are they starting, starting up panic or patience? Who are you following? Take this seriously. Who are you following? I got to ask myself. You got to ask yourself. God's going to ask us too. And we can't juke him. <laughs> we can't put him on skates. <laughs> he knows. Who are you following? Who are you listening to? Who are you watching? It matters, it matters, it matters because we can be just like the Galatians. I'll dare I say we have been. Be careful, be careful. Keep your spiritual eyes open. Some of us, yes, we're gonna alter political affiliation. Some of us, we're gonna alter the spiritual influences that we're listening to and watching. Some of us, it might be friends might be family. Be prayerful about it. Be in love. Don't you lose love. You ain't got nothing if you're not loving like Christ. You have nothing. I don't care if you speak in tongues. What did Paul say? You can cast fire down from heaven. I don't care. Love, love, love. But you might have to make a tough loving decision. Bro, I love you. Sis, I love you. But when I'm around you, I do not want to follow the good shepherd. When we talk and we have our discussions, I do not want to hear his voice. That's not, that's not okay. I love you, but I got to love you from over here right now. You might need to say that to some friends. You might need to say that to some family this season. It's not easy. You do it in love. You pray. You need to fast, fast. Do whatever you need to do. Roll your sleeves up. Get in your closet. Shut the door. Put the phone away. Pray. Whatever you got to do. But a lot of us, we got to make some tough decisions. 
but it's going to pay off, I promise. Following the good shepherd always, always works out. So when I think back to my kids, my students, I always say my kids, my students, <clears throat> and they're saying, you know, we're sheep, we're sheep, we're sheep, we're sheep. I can say confidently, okay, I think I know what they mean. And there's partial truth. Yes, we are like herds. Yes, we like following each other. These things are true. But don't forget the central question. Who are you following? If you're not a Christian this morning, I would like to lovingly challenge you to do something. Can you consider yourself? Can you openly admit that you need help? That you're potentially a sheep without a shepherd right now? That you're just going to and fro through life? You're trying to figure it out on your own. You're trying to do your own way, but you know it's not adding up. You know it's not enough. Could you consider today Christ being exactly who he is for you, the good shepherd. He wants to lead sinners to salvation. While we were sinners, Christ what? Christ what? Gave up his life while we were sinning. So if you're not in Christ today, I'm just going to ask you, please, it starts with that, that little nugget. Are you a sheep right now without a shepherd? Are you trusting in just other sheep? Are you experiencing wolves? Go to the good shepherd. He's got a rod. He's got a staff. He's ready to comfort you. <laughs> He's prepared, baby. He's ready. He's ready for you. Being in Christ. For those who are in Christ, please remember to return home. Return to the good shepherd. Let's pray.